You're listening to the Get Fucking Real Show. Strap in as your host, Lisa Cherney, takes you on a ride full of GFR moments. From powerful messages to exclusive interviews to untold stories of super shitty moments before big successes. And even real-life confessions. Lisa's been mentoring millionaire entrepreneurs for over 20 years, coaching top coaches and tapping her mighty woo-woo side to mentor the best of the best spiritual peeps. It's time to bring on the straight talk from successful, soulful entrepreneurs, inspiring you to live without regrets, to create your legacy, and be unapologetically you. And now, it's time to GFR. Life is too short to be a slave to your own dream Cause I'm working too hard And I want to feel so alive I jump out of bed because I love my life Living on my terms, I know that I will thrive Being myself, clarity will arrive So I'll stand out and be J-U-I-C-Y Hello, welcome to the GFR show. I am Lisa Turney. I'm your host, and I'm excited to introduce a new episode format. And we're calling it our GFR member spotlight. And the format of the episode is going to include a juicy wormhole journey story that we've grown to love and are addicted to. And we're coupling that with you getting to experience me supporting a mission-based entrepreneur in their journey through what I'm now calling unmentoring. So I'm going to talk a little bit about what I mean by that. Um, And I will give you the usual intro um, for Dr. Jane so you get to know her um, and before you get to hear her story. So what the heck is unmentoring? Well, I realized in this season of after 20 years of mentoring six and seven figure entrepreneurs that I am now um, want to make sure that they get what they need in terms of their evolution. And one of the foundational unmentoring principles is that you know that your business is a huge part of your healing and your like personal evolutionary spiritual journey and you're ready to embrace it. And you really get that your work fuels your healing, your personal evolution, your process, your process, and your healing fuels your work. And, and there is a cool thing I teach around how each of those parts work together. But, but that's a, a foundational principle for unmentoring. Um, two other things that I want to make sure you know about unmentoring. One is, is that you know that you're, no, you're the number one thing in the way of your success. <laughs> you're not seeking that, you know, that, that golden strategy or that you know, miracle system or plan or blueprint, been there, done that, made the investments, right? You know, okay, I got those things and, I, and I'm still not where I want to go. I know I'm the number one thing standing in my way. So that is a huge, a huge attribute of knowing when you are ready for unmentoring. And then also you, wanna, you want the outcome to be that you trust yourself more, not that you're relying on me. So people that work with me at this level, they do not want to be told what to do. Um, they really want, you know, they get that I'm very likely going to be turning them to themselves very often and helping them to, to trust themselves more. So those are some key attributes around this concept that I'm birthing called unmentoring. And 
And the outcome um, of working with me in this way is that uh, you often um, get clear more what not to do <laughs> and what to say no to than what to do. And, and, I, and I'm loving that. It is super rewarding and it's very indicative of the, the level of the group that I'm getting to work with. So y'all know I have the GFR squad and if you're not a member yet, you should be because it's only 20 bucks a month and we get to be on a, a call a month that is themed from one of our monthly confessions, one of our monthly commandments and the confession question. And it's an amazing group. We have this awesome online um, Facebook group and, and the bonuses from the guests. And it's super juicy, no brainer. Come study the GFR commandments with us, 20 bucks a month. Okay. So that's the GFR squad. Well, there's a level of the squad called the no regrets squad. And that's where I have um, a few pods of of groups of people, I call them pods, that I'm working with more closely in this unmentoring process. And so Dr. Jane is a member of this group. She and I have actually worked together for, um, actually, this is the second time that we've worked together. So like we've connected during multiple times in her, the growth of her business. And she is super successful in her own right, an amazing entrepreneur. Uh, and she had raised her hand and actually it was her idea. She said, you know, I want people to see what it's like to like have you hold space for them. Um, I want people to, you know, see what this unmentoring thing's all about. Why don't you coach me like on the show and have everybody listen? <laughs> and I thought it was a brilliant idea and super courageous, right? Um, so we're going to tell her story like we do for all our other guests. And then we're going to shift into uh, a segment where I where I coach her and, and we demonstrate this whole unmentoring approach to coaching. So that's our juicy twist on this episode. All right. So let me kick off the part of the show where Jane tells her amazing story about how she birthed her business. So here's the question I always kick off. I don't know if you noticed that I always kick off with a question. And the question is, are you a sexual person? Or are you as, as sexual a person as you know you can be or want to be? So this is a question that was inspired by Jane's story. And she is, Dr. Jane is a relationship coach and sex expert. She helps men and women and couples learn how to communicate about sexual intimacy without shame so they can finally feel connected and alive in their most intimate relationships. And she says she's the best job in the world. Um, and she is, has studied this. She has a doctorate. She is a recognized expert. She's, she is, really knows her shit. And she is wormhole certified, y'all, like all of our guests. And this expertise was birthed from her own personal struggle in her own relationship. She's now with her husband, I think she just told me the other day, 45 years or something insane like that. And she has like six kids, um, um, some um, her, she's their birth mom and some she uh, adopted and um, she's just like fucking Mary Poppins is <laughs> the image that comes to my mind often when I think of her, except not what she, cause she used to say that when she, you know, back in the, the before she talked about how she was like one of those moms where she just walked around with, with the outfits with match, her matching, matching her outfits with her kids' outfits. And that was like her, that was like the extent of her, her exciting world. And so that's, hence the Mary Poppins uh, reference. And now she's just like, you ever meet her in person, she's just so 
beautiful and sexy and powerful. And so she'd be like, you know, she'd be like a modern day Mary Poppins. So I can't wait for you to meet her and hear about the journey that she went on to birth her mission. And then we're going to shift to the, um, the part where we coach and you get to see what that looks like. And, 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 oh, and so what do we coach about? Just to give you a little teaser is she's identified a new, um, group of people, a new ideal client that she wants to go after, um, that is men. She's mostly focusing on women and couples now, but men are seeking her out. And she, you know, you know, one of the things that I keep supporting my clients with is to be really, really conscious about the choices that they make in their business about different markets and different products and programs so that they could just, they could feel focus and clear and, you know, simplicity in their business. So, so these decisions are, are very important decisions and it's not just like a, a whim. However, we want to, we want to really uh, honor inspiration. So we, we, so we have that conversation and then we really get into the head of this new ideal male client, which is you know, something I've been helping people do with their marketing forever. And we get to identify where their pain is and, and come up with words that will help her marketing. So it's kind of fun because you get the, the whole inner game part of my mastery and, and the marketing. And of course, it's fun for Jane. And then it'll be fun for you to be a voyeur. <laughs> Being a voyeur is always fun. So without further ado, I want you to meet Miss and Dr. Jane Gwen. All right. Welcome to the GFR show, Dr. Jane Gwen. So good to be here with you. I am so excited. So this is our first GFR squad member spotlight. And I can't think of like the, a better person to break our cherry <laughs> with than you, Dr. Jane Gwen, who is a sex expert and and a rock star client of mine. And you just have, like, you, you could be, you, you have carte blanche to share whatever it is that you want. And I want to, you know, I want to let everybody know that just because I, I'm giving her the label of client does not mean that she is not in her own right with her, you know, could be on any show, you know, like sometimes I hear people highlighting their clients and I'm like, you know, I kind of like, oh, they're not, I don't know, whatever. But I just want you to know, Jane's a rock star and I'm honored to call her client. And, um, and this, you know, I was thinking about Jane, I was thinking about the, the idea of a spotlight and, you know, I, I used to say this, like, so I've been doing this 20 years, m many of our listeners know. And when I first started, I had this business called Conscious Marketing Inc. And I remember I used to say to people that your business is your spiritual boot camp and it would shine a big spotlight. And this is me, like with my arms in the air, like at a big O, it would shine a spotlight on you and whatever it is that you need to work it out and grow and it, it, your business will just, it will find it. <laughs> so I, I feel like I want, I want to focus on like that aspect of the notion of spotlight. Um, Cause that's what we're going to do today. Are you game? Totally game. And it's so, so true that this is a, an amazing journey of personal development and you've been such a beautiful guide. Thank you. Thank you very, thank you very much. It means a lot to me. So we are going to share your story um, like we normally do, your GFR wormhole. Um, the business that you birthed is perfectly like divinely guided with your own personal experience. I for sure want everybody to hear that story. And, um, and we have devised 
also sort of given ourselves permission to sort of teach along the way. So there's, um, you know, we're going to talk command, GFR commandments. So if y'all haven't downloaded your freaking 12 GFR commandments and, you're, and you've been like thinking, I really should download those, do that because uh, it's this, this conversation, I think, will illuminate them even more. So go to gfr.life forward slash 12C, link in the show notes, blah, blah, blah. Grab those because we're going to, uh, we're going to uh, illuminate a few of those. I mean, the commandments came from the 12 ways that my mission-driven entrepreneurs have gotten in their way over the, my 20 years of coaching people. So, you know, of course, it makes sense that our awesome GFR squad member spotlight is going to highlight a bunch of these GFR commandments. Yeah. And so it's, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. All right, Jane. So let's, let's just start off with really honoring your origin story. And, and as you like take a in breath, I want to, I want to just do a little, do one of those little teaching, you know, bubble things in this moment in that it's so, it's been so fascinating and confirming and rewarding for me over the years to just to see how amazing people's stories illuminate where they're going. And, and so many people, when I first start working with them, they have these like shame pockets in their story or things that they leave out or they, you know, that they, they don't see the meaning of, or, you know, they just, they don't acknowledge it. And, and so much of my work with people is helping them to acknowledge all the different parts of the story to the point where they like shot it from the rooftops and it, and it sort of makes, you know, their work sing even, even more. So we're going to illuminate that principle with your origin story. <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah. And that was a big part of the initial work that I felt happened in, you know, with you was recognizing some of the pieces of my story that I knew and I held, but I didn't share because they were kind of scary. Actually, yeah. they were kind of scary to share. So my story starts out, you know, long, long time ago when I met my um, I met my husband back in the 70s, actually. <laughs> and I've seen a picture. You all were so cute back in the yeah. 70s. Jim with his long hair, just like. <laughs> Tons of hair, facial hair, long hair. The beads, even had the beads. Yeah, we met in, in a hospital back in, in 1979. And we had this passionate connection. We had an interesting uh, kind of a origin story to our relationship that had all sorts of you know, twists and turns. Eventually we got married and we had a really, you know, exciting relationship in many ways. And it was the kind of relationship where I remember my mom saying, when I walk into a room and you two are in there, I feel like I need a bucket of water to pour on you to just cool things off. (laughs) (laughs) If she knew the she probably would have said, get a room. (laughs) Yes, right. Get a room. So, that was the beginning of our relationship. And, you know, life happened. We ended up being married for a long time. We've been married for almost 36 years now. And we had, you know, a big family. We've got six kids. Three of them are adopted. Three of them came to us in the more traditional way. So we've been parenting for 32 years now. And somewhere around, you know, like after maybe 25 years of marriage, I was going to say around 25 years of marriage, things kind of fell apart, but that is actually a false statement. What happened was I lost track of myself in bits and pieces along the way, that passionate part of myself. I I put her to the side and I decided that she 
wasn't necessary right now. I, I, I didn't honor her, that sexual part of my being, in the same way that I do today. And I, I opted out of that part in favor of the part that was great at doing things at the, at the local school. I was a great school volunteer. I was a brownie mom, brownie leader. I made all sorts of Halloween costumes. I was super into my kids. So I had all these kids, this great husband, felt really good about our relationship and had zero content, like no books, nothing in my house at all about relationship, marriage, or sex. None. Wow. We had sex. Okay. We had a sex life, but I just did not focus on it. And a lot of the time I was really distracted and I really wasn't living in my body and I wasn't really honoring myself as a sexual woman. And I actually had a lot of body shame that kind of crept in over the years. I didn't have any kind of physical practices that I engaged in at that time, just rushing around. I was really in a sense of like urgency to accomplish stuff. Emphasis on the word stuff. Accomplish stuff, get stuff, do stuff. Busy, 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 really distracted. And what ended up happening, Lisa, is... I was so into my thing and really quite negative about it as it came along. Because for those of you who are listening, you know, when, when you become disconnected from the whole of yourself, this is what I experienced when I became disconnected from the whole of myself, it wasn't satisfying. And I started getting really down and irritable and my husband would call and I, he, you know, like, hey, baby, how you doing? What's happening at home? And I'd be like, you know, like, uh, yeah, uh-huh, yeah, going to soccer, picking up the kids, making dinner, yeah, whatever, bye. And I'd hang up, you know, I mean, really harsh kind of. And I realized during this time that there was a woman in his life who was not doing that. She was really warm. She was really welcoming. She was really darling and positive and upbeat. And there was a connection that developed between them that was sexy and it included a kiss. And when I found that out, I was devastated, absolutely devastated. It was a really difficult wormhole moment for me to see that I had been living really a lie in my life about who I was. Not to say that it was my fault that what, you know, that he got connected to this other woman. But what I recognized is that I was not myself and that I had not honored that relationship with myself as a sexual person that I had so celebrated when I first met him in at the beginnings of our relationship together. So that story though, about him having had this really uh, emotional affair because, you know, I believed that they didn't get naked and have sex. They didn't fuck. <laughs> At least that's what I chose to believe. That's what I was told. I decided to believe that. And didn't matter, though. Didn't matter to me at all because what mattered was that he was connected in a sexual way as an, a sexual person to another woman. And that just felt like... I might die. I didn't know. I just felt like it was so devastating to me. And I ended up, we ended up in all sorts of counseling and we ended up, you know, just kind of digging in and learning so much more about, you know, like what had happened? Like how, how did this happen to us? Like how could this happen to our relationship? We didn't think it was possible 
I didn't think it was possible. And I don't think he did either. He was really blown away as well. Like, I don't know. I mean, she was nice. Like, you know, I, I just stopped being me. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes. And that 25 years really speaks to me because that's where Greg and I are right now. Mm -hmm. We are at 25 years and we somewhat proactively, because we're not in any crisis or anything. So I'll say proactively decided to do a deep dive uh, year long course with GFR guest, I think four or five Kamala Devi and her husband, Michael. And um, we're in that right now. And holy shit, it's awesome. And we kind of went into it, you know, like, oh, this, you know, we gave it to ourselves as like, this is the best anniversary. Forget it, like a cruise. Like, this is the best anniversary present we can give ourselves. And we are like, we're, we're like, so excited to like, create the next 25 years. Like, you know, when you've been with somebody for so long, and was so young, as, as we were 23, you know, it's like, you're just, we're freaking different people. I'm, I'm so grateful that we happen to grow together and we get to, you know, reboot in any way that we want. And so, and for those of you listening that haven't heard the, my episode uh, number 11 on how opening up my marriage juice up my business, that will give you even more context for, you know, our relationship. And I just, I, when you said that 25 years and then you, you said it fell apart, but then you said it didn't like, that's kind of how I feel. It's like, there's no falling apart happening. It's just like, okay, what, what's next? What does this thing look like next? And so the universe gave you a nudge mm -hmm. and it sounds like it didn't really matter to you that whether they had sex or not, which is, which is, I think a, a very important like thing to, to pause on because there's so much emphasis on the physical sexual act as being the, the, the horrible thing or whatever. And and for you, it, it may they may as well have. It didn't really matter. It was the fact that that there, this connection was happening with somebody else that wasn't you. True, and it's also very interesting to me now where I am. You know, fast forwarding all these you know years, ten more years down the road, to realize that I, I'm kind of stunned that that did blow me away. When I think about it, like why did that matter so much? Why was it so like? that wouldn't bother me at all right now because <laughs> it's just like, I'm a total, I'm in a totally different sense of connection to myself. So really a big part of what was going on is I had given him so much of my kind of like, like sense of self and that his validation and him being completely into me, like there'd be no space for some other chick to be sexy and to, you know, like hit on him and he might want to kiss her to me. Now I'm like, dude, like, why wouldn't somebody want to kiss you? I, not that I want that to be happening all the time, but like, I totally get it. It's not, it's not a thing for me anymore in the same way that it was at that time, because so much of who I was, was really invested in, in, in that. I didn't have a sense of my own self really at that point. Yeah. I and my own self sexually. And so that's been really an interesting journey to find that person again for me. And I re when I'm coaching people, because at that point, I wasn't a sex coach. Right. I was not doing that work at you all. You were, I love it. You used to say, I was a mom of six kids and we would wear matching outfits. Like, you know, that was like, <laughs> it's such, so typifies, right? Like what, you know, it's like, it's like the expression soccer mom, you know, it's like, it, you know, there's a certain orientation about it. So, um, and I can't even imagine this, like it, knowing you and we become you know friends and we have a multiple multiple dimensions in our relationship now yeah. 
I can't even imagine this this version of this version of you. Yeah, I, I kind of picture like, um, is it uh, uh, doe, a deer, a female deer? That movie. What yes, right. It, like uh, the Sound of Music. Sound of Music. Right. That's right. what okay. I picture when you say that. So the the outfits were purchased from, and I love this company. So this is not in any way uh, to, uh, you know undermine hannah anderson but you may or may not know yeah, hannah oh, yeah yeah i know hannah oh, i like i spent money for these outfits like, <laughs> <laughs> the outfit that i bought for myself it was not cheap and it was pink with like flowers and it you know and i wore it to a wedding once and my brother-in-law said you gotta be shitting me what are you doing in that dress <laughs> And I'm like, what? <laughs> My kids and their matching dresses, it just was like, come on. Anyway, it it happened. That happened. And it, you know, it was a really, in retrospect, it's a very interesting experience. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, so the next thing I want to, I want to uh, sort of jump to in our timeline is um, you getting clear that you're supposed to lean even, you know, like you're supposed to go head first into uh, sexuality for you as uh, the next chapter for your career. And then from there, we could talk about where, like at what point you and I met, because that will, I think, illuminate um, for people, you know, some of the transformation that happened at that point. Yeah. So my journey up until the point when I decided to be you know, become a sex coach, which is what I'm technically trained to do. And I also, I also have a PhD in human sexuality, but that happened later. I realized that if this had happened to me and I had lost track of myself, you know, we're, we were still having sex, but obviously I was not in it as much as I felt like I, I might've been. And as I, as I realized was much more healing for me and much more fun for both of us and everything. I decided that if that happened to me, that it, it was probably happening to other women. So I ended up pursuing this and looking into becoming a sex coach. And that was really an interesting process. And I went all sorts of places around the world learning about sexuality. In fact, Lisa, interestingly, I was going to write a book about sex kind of a very long time ago, early in this journey. I'm so glad I didn't before I got all this additional training because I kind of assumed I knew stuff and that I was kind of wise around it. Obviously not. So I went on this journey. I learned all sorts of things, studied in some of the sexiest places, you know, in, in Holland and in Vegas and all sorts of places here. Um, I learned from all sorts of really amazing people. And then I started doing this work where I'm helping other people, you know, create sexual voice really and stay connected to themselves erotically. That's what I do now. Oh, it's so, it's, it's so great. So where were you at with your business when our orbits collided? <laughs> okay. So I'm a great buyer. <laughs> and you're an awesome student. Thank you. Well, don't take me to an auction if you don't want to bring home the pony because like... <laughs> Now, I, I'm an enthusiastic and optimistic person, and people would start talking to me about all sorts of great um, business you know, and marketing products, and I tended to say yes to those things, and then I, then I would absorb the material, and so I have you know studied absolutely everything, but I never really was able to get anywhere with what I'd learned, and I, I did what I thought were the right things, but it didn't make a difference in my business. And one of the things that, and I should say by 
so-called business because really it was an expensive hobby and it wasn't giving me the opportunity to do the work that I wanted to do and it was also costing me a lot of money because I really was just learning all the time and spending money on learning and a lot of time on learning and really was doing it you know like evenings and weekends and you know I, I had binders for days and days and days <laughs> so many binders filled with materials and and then I met you and it was a, it was very interesting and, and just so helpful to meet you because you started asking me the questions that turned me back toward myself and helped me see that until I was willing to uh, let go of the shame that I still held around myself sexually and even around my origin story, that I wouldn't be able to show up for my people and that energetically, they wouldn't be able to come near me. I was actually repelling my people because what I was doing was um, kind of magnifying their shame. They came into my orbit. I still held shame. They felt it. They saw me. And then they realized, nah, her not ready. <laughs> She's not ready. She's not ready for that. So it was, it was very interesting the way you saw that. And you helped me recognize it very gently. You recognized it in me and you helped me release that bit by bit and start to tell my story and not just even tell it, but to just live into it differently. So that as I was meeting my clients and potential clients and being in the world, that they met someone who could be there really for them, where I was able to be fully present to them. It was a profound moment during a small group retreat that we were doing where I love doing these retreats where everybody, it's like everybody gets a chance to have the whole group focused on them for a significant period of time. And they're in front of the room and sometimes they have an agenda of what they think they want. And then they get something completely different and that, and you were having one of those moments because you're amazing student and you had like brought handouts for everybody. And we were, and we were, I think we were wordsmithing something and uh, using some of my uh, headline questions of attraction. And like we, so we were getting into the inner dialogue of your ideal client. Yeah. And I just remember this moment of like you intimating that you were your own ideal client and it was news to everybody in the room. <laughs> I hate that part of yourself, which is so funny to, it's funny to think about it now because you just shared it so eloquently that like people listening probably can't even imagine, you know, that you wouldn't tell that story because you told it so beautifully and with such, you know, with such no charge and just the wisdom left, you know, and we, you know, there was this aha, you know, sort of like clouds part and sun shined on you like, oh, you were your own idea. Oh, that's how this all got started. Yeah. You, you know, and, and it was, why didn't you say that before? What, what? <laughs> like, that happened? Wait, wait, back up. Right. Cause it's like, it'd be one thing for me to say it and for you to be seen and accepted from me. But there was this group of that happened to be women at the time that were in the room that were, you know, that all were just so loving and like, yes. And wanting to hear and affirming. And, and I do believe that being in groups like, like that and being seen. And it's like one of my favorite sort of spaces to create and hold, hold it. Like you can't integrate. I think there is, that's part of the healing and an integration is you that we need to feel seen and accepted would you agree? Totally true. Yes. And, and really held. I mean, that piece about being seen, accepted, and held together within a container is so beautiful. And you do that really well. That's part of what we're doing here. That's in true. In this community. Yeah. 
That's true. It's part of what we're doing here. It's part of what we're for sure doing in the GFR squad. Mm-hmm. For sure, for sure, for sure. And then in the level that you're in, I don't, I don't think I clarified. So we're more working more closely. And I'm calling it a mentoring now. So I'll defi- I'll talk about what that means in a bit. There is a, a level of the squad called the no regrets squad. And those are the people that are like, I'm not fucking around anymore. <laughs> like, I need to like really get serious, get out of my way and do this thing. And so I get to work much more intimately with people. So we're doing it there. We're doing it in our our entry level squad, y'all, 20 bucks a month, like no excuses. You want to be in this conversation, join the GFR squad, gfr.life or just squad. I can do commercials on my own podcast. Um, and so we're doing the container there. We're doing the container in the no regrets level. And we're doing the container, y'all, on the show right now. You listening, you're driving, you're folding laundry. I, I, I've come to my awareness that many people are folding laundry while they're listening, which is so awesome. You know, doing the things, but being, but being in this container. So, uh, so thank you for acknowledging that, Jane. And and it and it takes it's it takes more than one to create a container. You know, there's the there's an anchoring all around of people that are in the same ten, intention, the same conversation. So I want to so kind of like one of those books that kind of gives you different people's perspectives. So so let's flip to my perspective um, of of our you know when our orbits collided. So before we started really working close together, it was like sort of this uh, container where you know, we were masterminding and you, your big confession at the time was that this is a hobby. I haven't made any money, but I got all these pretty things, this branding and these cards and this brochure and this opt-in and this freebie. And I have my website and, and you did, you had all the things and it looked really pretty and cute. And they had some cute little sayings about, um, happy endings. And I can't remember what it was, but right, right. it was great. It was great. And it, and it felt like surface because that really wasn't your true work and then and then we decided to work more closely together and you know kind of lift up the hood you know I used to say when I was just teaching marketing I would talk about how people create these pretty pictures these pretty they pretty wrapping on a pretty pretty box with pretty bows but then you'd open it up and there wouldn't be anything inside yeah. and and it was because they hadn't done that sort of inside out marketing the way that I hold space for people around it. And then of course with GFR, we get really more inside, inside, you know, before the marketing and what, and, and really the, the GFR commandments sort of diagnose why you might be feeling sort of like you have the pretty package and it's empty inside and why you might be feeling like Jane did at the time when she had made a ton of investments and all of the things and learned all the things and still felt like she wasn't, didn't have a real business. I do feel like the GFR commandments, like if we're to look back, um, where you were at the time, would you say that GFR commandment number five was the one, like if, like if you were to, you know, if we were to take you and bring you into the future, that Jane self, um, would it be make yourself your most important client? What do you think? Which commandment do you think? What is yes, yes. number five? Because if I were my own client at that time, let's say I were able to talk to that person, I would talk to myself about the fact that I was not completely integrated in my life and that I was prioritizing my kids in a way that felt like it was important, but that was actually a lie. It was somehow connecting my ego and myself to them in a way um, that was not serving them either, really. They've had to kind of release that as well because I was so overly invested in them that um, I didn't give them enough space. So I didn't take enough space for myself. I didn't give them enough space. And that's what I would do if I were my own coach at that time is, and if I were my own client, I'd tell myself like, 
girl, you've got to get yourself into something that's physical. You have to really connect with your own eroticism. What happened? I mean, you're, you're not dead yet. <laughs> that yeah. whole idea of like, I feel younger today than I did 20, 20 years ago easily. And it's interesting. I feel younger every year. And um, I think that's because I'm bringing in so many of the parts of myself. And that's what I would have told myself if I had it been my own client at that time. Beautiful. I love it. I love it. And, and so let's talk about this unmentored thing here for a minute, because the more I say this expression unmentored, the more people are asking for clarification around it. And the more I'm clarifying it because it just kind of blurted out like, so y'all, that's how work happens. Sometimes you blurt shit out, even though I have these pretty commandments and this beautiful branding and all this stuff, like that it doesn't just get burst out sort of all, you know, wrapped up in a bow. And so pay attention to the things that come out of your mouth. You know, that's why I love doing interviews. I say cool shit. I'm like, Ooh, that was good. And so someone, you know, we were talking about mentoring and someone said, well, mentoring just sounds so heavy and it just feels like it's going to take a lot of my time. And it just, it just, it, you know, it just, you know, and I'm like, well, that's not what I'm doing with people. Like I, that is, that just, that, that I'm not feeling that's not what I'm doing with people now in this new, the new news chapter for me. It's like, I'm unmentoring them. And, and then we're like, Oh my God, that, what does that mean? You know? And then I was on a TV show earlier this week and I said it. And so you just, this, I just want to take a little like, you know, teaching bubble here moment because around unmentor and, and, I, and my intention for those of you that are listening is that you have a distinction of when you do really need to like head down, get a mentor, you know, do everything, Thing that they say and you know all that like Jane did she had you know she was had the binders right like I think there is a season in the mission driven entrepreneur's life where they need the binders <laughs> there's the binder phase we could call it see we're birthing new things right now right and then there's the unmentor phase where I think it is about sort of going through those binders and getting rid of probably 90% of what's in there yep. and just retaining the things that really sing for you and so so yes, I believe in mentorship. I, you know, in 2009, I invest, that was the first big investment in my business. I tripled my income that year, you know, for five years, I had a multiple six figure business and it was completely driven by somebody else's system because I didn't know, I didn't have a system. I knew I was meant for more that I knew I was meant to scale or whatever, like help more people, but I didn't know what that meant. So it totally served me. Right. And then there was a time where uh, that, you know, and this is in 2014 where I dismantled my business, my seven figure business that I dismantled because it wasn't feeling good. So GFR commandment number two, let go of what doesn't feel good. Confession question, what doesn't feel good. And it is not an easy question to ask ourselves, but I, I, you know, I always talk about how I have a low tolerance for not feeling good. And I just couldn't hold the container for the seven figure business. And so now in the unmentoring phase for me was what does what does a new chapter for Lisa Cherney look like? And that's where this GFR thing was born and this more of a movement and 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 the focal point of the podcast. And then and then oh I want to have a membership because I want to have community around it. And like I, you know, everybody probably would tell me that I ever mentored with, don't do a mentorship, don't do a $20 a month thing. That's crazy. Like I went against sort of everything that I had, but I just knew I, I wanted a community around this conversation. And I did want people to put skin in the game. Right. And, yeah. you know, and they even get a call, a confession call, you know, that we do that's based on the commandments each month. And, and so I'm in my unmentoring and, and what's beautiful is now I'm in a season where I am holding unmentoring space for people in the no regret squad 
because so here's sort of the distinction is like it is throwing out most of the binders and it's like turning back to yourself and you and i think you all could feel from jane how freaking like rooted she is and and i'll just say confident you know i think that's word is overused but there's a confidence and a certainty that she has about who she is the space that she's holding and you'll hear even more about the work she's doing which is amazing she is getting to know herself more and i'm a mirror I will say the things to her that she probably would say to herself or say to clients. You know, yeah. I'm the one that's, that we're, you know, in the unmentoring space, it's about, it's about me as your partner saying, how does that feel? How, you know, you know, does, when you think about this, how does this feel? You know, what's, you know, it's like kind of helping my clients now really create their own GPS, their own guidance system. And, and I think most of all, and, and Jane, we could, totally you could you all could see this already but we could talk about it more most of all really acknowledging that our work is our healing and our healing is our work and not just in a macro gfr wormhole jane's marriage fell apart now she helps other people that's awesome but in a day-to-day Jane is having challenge with a vendor that she hired to help her update her book. And they're in a challenging relationship situation where Jane doesn't, didn't get all that she needed. And it's as a friend and, and, you know, and we're going back on our, on Boxer and, uh, about it. And then we realize, Oh, this healing is her work. And so if this is her, if her healing is her work and her work is her healing, what is it about this particular situation that applies directly to the work she does with other people? And it's like, again, clouds part, sun shines down, and it's so illuminating. And that is, it is like a spiritual practice. It's like a new spotlight. It's a new format of spotlight where it doesn't just shine in the crevices and, and show you the gap and you're like, ah, you can't see it. It's like, it has a special frequency that it shines a light and then it shows you where this, where your healing is in it. And then it's not just for personal healing because if your work is your business and your business is your healing, it is for the healing of the business and then of the client. And then of, and then there's an upward spiral that happens financially as well as, you know, um, internally. Yes, totally true. Totally true. And, and it's people always talk about how, you know, we do the work that we're meant to receive. And, and I, I find that to be so true. But one of the things I really find to be true about what you just said, Lisa, is that what we're doing, what I feel I'm doing in here in the No Regret Squad with you and in my work and in my life is uncovering and releasing the lies that have been present. And one of the lies I, I discovered most recently was the lie of being disconnected, that I have told myself that I'm disconnected. And when that lie uh, was allowed to you know, move away, I realized I am completely connected. So that when something comes up, like you know, I'm concerned about a relationship where I'm not getting what I want with a vendor, the sense of being connected allows me to be, you know, have a spacious conversation with a vendor who's also a friend and all of a sudden realize, maybe I misunderstood you. I think everything is what, you know, I am being served here and we are in agreement here and it is good. 
it is fine. But the space that you held for me in that conversation allowed me to like not get constricted in the lie of, oh, I'm disconnected. I can't get what I want, which is a lie that's been showing up. And that's what was showing up even earlier and why I was so overcommitted to my children's Halloween costumes because somehow I was going to get the Atta girl from the second grade teacher that Cleopatra looked amazing, you know, in her outfit <laughs> because the disconnect that I told myself I had told me that that was what I needed to do to be acceptable. Now I know that I am connected every minute to myself and to all the people around me on a level of spiritual connection that feels so profound. And I don't have need for that anymore. So my ego is just taking a back seat. Sometimes she talks to me and she you know, wants me to do things in a different way. And I'm like, we got each other. We're good. You know, I don't need to, I don't need to do that anymore. Really, really, really profound healing that's happened in that way. So beautiful. I want to uh, illuminate for people that we're, you and I have been in connection and a partnership, mentorship, unmentorship for, is it four years? Five years? Four I years. think, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Time kind of falls. We're going into together. our fourth year. Yeah, yeah. I think so. yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. And so tell us about your business now, what you're doing now, and how you feel like you are GFRing all over the fucking place with it. <laughs> Because you are, and I, I'm so, it's, it's such profound work that you're doing. I want everyone to know. Thank you. Well, I am deeply honored to be able to hold space for men, women, and couples who are ready to authentically voice what they want in their sexual relationships and to get it, you know, to say what they want and, and, and start to finally connect with themselves and with their partner in a beautiful and very rich, juicy, erotic way love my work, my so-called job, which, you know, I don't consider a job at all. I consider it a deep honor. And who wouldn't want to sit around and talk about sex all day, right? (laughs) Some people don't want to. Lots of people. (laughs) I guess. I don't understand that at all. But because I I love what I do. And, And I do this with individuals and couples virtually or in my office here in Bend, Oregon. I live in the middle of Oregon. And and sometimes I do it in VIP days or half day VIP days with couples. And that's really profound. Lots of amazing stuff can happen in a full or a half day with me because being in a container and literally my office is really a small, cozy room, very sexy room. And when you're in a cocoony kind of spot like that, with someone like me there in attendance and kind of like mirroring back to you and asking the questions that have awkwardly not been asked can make a lot of progress. So I'm doing that. I'm also holding sex circles for women here in the community. So what we do is we come together on a pretty much once a month basis and we connect and share uh, the answers to questions that people bring Sometimes I'm answering the questions. Sometimes other women are answering the questions. Uh, we, so we sit in, in a circle and talk about sex. We don't have sex. We just talk about <laughs> talk about sex. Talk about all sorts of uh, amazing things that women have been wanting to bring forward into a group of other women for a long time. This week I was uh, presenting at a pole dancing studio, which was super fun. Did a presentation on uh part of my work, I I work in a five-step process and the second step is a communication process. And so I talk to these women about how to actually speak your truth about sex without making things awkward or 
or blowing things up in your relationship. So that was really fun. And then we did a pole dancing class oh, and then we, and a chair dance class. So we, you know, like a sexy chair dance. Yes. I that did that for my 40th fun. birthday. I t- had took a bunch of girlfriends and we did that. We did a pole dancing and then the chair, the sexy chair. Nice. And you okay. had to bring a, bu- a, a white button down shirt to, to nice. use the chair dancing and as a prop. And yeah. Excellent. Was it like a burlesque? Yeah. 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 Awesome. Yeah. So we did that. I did that this week. Really, really fun. And um, it's just feels so good to connect with people. I went to a women's networking meeting last night and I was there with these women and just the way that I'm connecting with them personally, they come up to me and hold my hand and tell me about what's going on for them in their intimate lives and what's been happening and how, you know, for example, one woman came up and said, I'm not in relationship right now because the last time I saw her, she was having this super juicy relationship with a partner. She said, that peace has gone on, but he opened me to so much in, in my, my body, myself. And I am a different person now for having had this experience with this man. I'm so grateful to him. It's not going to continue for reasons that she was comfortable with for herself, but he allowed her to see herself their connection allowed her to see herself in a different way so it's just been really beautiful lisa the these these very intimate moments i'm having and the ease of it so i'm not feeling like i'm repelling people anymore <laughs> which is totally i might used to feel like that was happening and then I'd be like, what is it? And I kind of blamed other people. They're just not cool with themselves about yeah, sex. You had a lot of, you had a story around people not being comfortable with sex and how, and it, and it, it this is not completely unrealistic story, but this story really ha- slowed you down and created a resistance of like, you know, this is just such a touchy topic and I can't just come right out with it. And it makes people feel uncomfortable. So I kind of have to sidestep it and. You know, and of course that was your own, your own yeah. stuff, right? Yeah. Right, exactly. That was not, that was just not it. It's one of those lies that you were It was, about. that was a lie. Yes, exactly. And I think that when we are able to release these lies or even see them, I'm not even sure we have to release them completely. If we just know that they're there, see them as a rock in the, in like, okay, that's, or a pothole, maybe we see that that's in the road. It's once we, or once I, I'll speak for myself, once I recognize these things in myself um, and, and like, oh, that's the lie that other people aren't comfortable talking about sex. I know that, that what I'm really feeling there is that someone, that my shame may be triggered because someone may uh, like be harsh toward me and judge me as uh, like not being a good person or a good mom because I want to talk about it. So like I'm, I'm putting it on them. And in fact, it's on, it's me. Like I'm afraid of them judging me. So then I judge them like, Oh, they're not cool with it. Oh, actually, no, that's not it. It's not about them. It's always, it's always about us, right? It's always about me. Yes. And that, that's such a great example of our work is our healing and our healing is our work. So what I love about our relationship is because we've been together over a period of time and I feel like we went from the mentor to the unmentor phase with you. Can you share a little bit more about how your business and your expression is differently now than say it was, you know, three, four years ago so that people can kind of feel into 
where they are. Are they in the mentor? They look, should they look for a mentor? Should they look for an unmentor? <laughs> yeah, totally. Well, I right now I do things that make me happy that I enjoy. So I focus really completely on my own pleasure, eroticism, connection to myself as a sexual person. And what I'm doing, I, I am doing it because I like it or love it. I do it because I love it. I used to do in the past, I did a lot of stuff that I, that I would definitely categorize as work. Like I was work, 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 working. And it just like constricted me. Now I am not doing that. I am doing, um, I'm, for example, I'm doing a yoga teacher training. I'm doing just tons and tons of yoga. I'm, I'm pole dancing. I'm traveling. I just got back from Bali. I'm being, I am actively seeking embodied, pleasurable experiences. And I'm, you know, I'm uh, seeing the world through different eyes, through the eyes of eroticism, sensuality, and I'm seeing other people in, and offering that to them. And so are you my, making money, Jane? Yes, in my business. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that, that's, this, I, I say that because that's sort of my, my Achilles heel, right? It's like, I want to be in flow, but am I making money? You know, and I think people hear that like, oh, that sounds great, but when are you making money? So Right. Well, yeah, because when I'm, when I'm working, I'm, um, I'm working in a way that is, you know, people are coming to me because they, they want that. They want somebody who is, is um, comfortable and happy. And so my clients are coming to me with their, the needs that they have, and they do have significant needs, but they want what I'm bringing. And, and because of that, it seems so easy to, you know, make sales and to, to attract clients that there's a lot of ease in that now that used to feel like so much work. And I think that the fact that I'm in this other energetic, like makes me attractive. I actually had someone tell me the other day that she was starstruck meeting me, which cracked me up. (laughs) (laughs) Like I'm starstruck. I was like, okay. I thought I am not the Hannah Anderson woman anymore. So I'm attracting people because I'm connected to myself and I'm giving them permission and they become my clients. And so when those people then become my clients, I'm attracting the people I actually want to work with. Because if you didn't want to work with somebody like me, I'm being honestly myself, you didn't want to work with me, you would be repelled. Yes. So I totally agree with what I've often been taught about, like repelling the people who are meant to not yes. be with you. And that's that GFR commandment number three, don't worry about being normal, proper, or polite. Yep. And where am I not speaking my truth, right? That, I mean, that's the crux of that one is like, you know, and based on a lot of my, you know, my marketing work philosophy is like, the more real you are, the more authentic you are, the more you own the space that you want to be in. Like, I, I, you know, I remember conversations with you when you would be in a sales conversation and, 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 and with somebody that is not an ideal client and kind of feeling like you're twisting and turning, right, to sort of morph into, and then I, I, like something clicked in and you're just like, no, like th- they're not my people. Like I don't need to try so hard, you know, and it takes a, it, you know, and for those of you that are listening that are whatever season you are in your business, like that is a, a super significant varsity, like uh, embodiment to just to have certainty in your conversations, which I am so grateful I have right now. I, I am just so clear about who I'm meant to, who I am meant to invest myself in, like in the No Regret Squad. And it's, it's just a few, it's not a lot of people, y'all. It's just a few, like just people that feel just so deliciously yummy and right. 
And then that's what I want my clients to feel. I want them to feel th that they are, have such clarity that they know who's so deliciously yummy and right that it, it does feel easy. And so it's just so, uh, it's just such a, such a blessing to witness this for you. And of course, cause your work is so fucking important. People, you know, you know, I referred many people to you. It's so, it's such a critical work. And to know that you've gotten to where you are, where you could hold space for that through any contribution of mine um, and, and, and mentors and people that have come before me in your life, you know, is just, is, is a huge. And, and I also want to like speak into this conversation, the fact that I know I'm on a journey. I know that this is where I am today, and I recognize that this is an iterative process, and it's it's going to continue to be this way. So it's like it's like a it's a I guess I want to say de-armoring, and you know I'm still doing it, and I'm still growing my business, and you know uh, seeing things with more clarity, creating better copy, um, defining more specifically who I most want to work with. Those pieces are still happening. I, I, I love that because I think it's the more I know myself, the more that becomes available to me. I'm only able to be the me of me today, the one, the person I see and experience today with clarity. And I know that as I go forward, and I'm thrilled with that actually, and I, I know that from my yoga practice too, like what it is today that I'm doing is perfect. And as I go forward, I'm going to be doing different things. It's just part of it. It's just, you know, it's a growth. And I, that to me, that piece of recognizing that it's, that that's what makes it fun is that this is not a one and done thing. It's like a continual process of personal development and growth. So beautifully said. Okay, Dr. Jane. So now we're going to move into the second part of our episode here, which is you generously contributing your coaching time with me to the benefit of our listeners. And I like feel I'm so grateful and I think it's going to be so powerful. And uh, I was, I coined the, 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 the phrase, you know, coaching fishbowl. <laughs> it's like, you know, there you have, there's, there's, uh, there's listeners. Um, and, and yet we are still in a sacred container and, we are allowing for whatever is supposed to come forward for everyone's highest good that is in that is in listening distance of our conversation sounds amazing i'm always completely honored to be um in that receiving mode with you with your beautiful coaching thank you and and it's funny even as i say that word coaching you know i, I I am not a trained coach, so I, I love to confess that. And and so it's a you know, you all that are trained coaches, you can, you know, judge as you wish. <laughs> I feel like I'm part coach, part advisor, part mentor, part unmentor. Uh, and if you listen to the first part, you know what uh, unmentor is. And and really, um, you know, my my methodology is flow. And I check into my intuition. I listen for what I'm supposed to ask, for what comes forward. Um, I call people on their shit. You know, I, I, don't, I don't like to, you know, if we could just get it over with in one session and get to the heart of it, I don't stretch it out. Um, and uh, also always with respect and love for my clients. So, 
you'll get a little taste of, of how I, how I roll. <laughs> and, uh, and, and okay, you all know that, uh, Dr. Jane and I have worked together for quite a while, so we have a uh, rapport, which is quite nice. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, so what are we talking about today? Well, I would like to talk about um, what you know, ideal client ex- issues that I'm having. I, as I shared earlier, I'm really loving so much of what I get to do. And at the same time, I realize that I'm sending out to the universe or my potential clients mixed messages about who is uh, most, should be most guided to see me or to reach out to me. So I, I know that a lot of what I am doing is, is, has become again, vague in terms of like the, who should come to see me piece. And you know, Lisa, that this is kind of a thing for me. I'm a seven on the Enneagram which is somebody who's kind of an, an Epicurean and seeks tons of different experiences. And, and that seems to fit my, my feeling in my business. Like, you know, like why say no to anybody and like, how come I can't serve all people? <laughs> Everyone yeah. has sexual issues, but I know that that keeps my ideal client from finding me because others who meet me don't know who to refer And so I just want to explore that a bit. And I have a specific question related to a podcast concept that uh, I'm interested in. You and I have talked, touched on that briefly in previous sessions. And I just want to, that's coming up for me again. And so I just want to think through that. And I'm, I'm very interested in having as much pleasure as possible in my business and as much erotic integrity for myself as I possibly can so that I don't in some way mute myself erotically as I do my work. It's really important to me that I maintain my sense of being an erotic individual in my life and not somehow fry myself by working only with people who are struggling at the farthest ends of sexual repression. Yeah, yeah. This is so good because it really illuminates that concept of when our work is our healing and our healing is our work. And for you, the thing that we're working on that it seems to be really up this year for you and and many of our no regrets uh, mentor level people is like, like a commitment to like walking out our business in a way that really feels good and is in integrity with what we teach. Right. And so I have the GFR all over the fucking place because that's what I'm teaching. And I noticed that I cannot go very long uh, without that. And for you, we've had some really good awarenesses around things that don't feel good and how it's like, it's like out of integrity for you to have um, anything less than pleasure in your business. So I love this. Um, it's a great intention, the most pleasure I can in my business. And, and even to the point of labeling it eroticism, I love that because, um, right, it's, it's edgy and, 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 and yet so, so real for you, for what you teach. So, um, and then you, like you honor that notion of, yeah, I want this flow and I want to feel pleasure. But then I also realize I need to narrow down who my ideal client is or else they can't find me. And so, you know, it is an interesting dance. You know, I've been teaching ideal client, claiming your ideal client for 20 years. I mean, that's like one of the very first things that I taught. And I always just say like, if you're marketing to everyone, you're marketing to no one yet. And yet 
I feel like narrowing down who your ideal client is, is, a, has, is has utility because it just like lets you know where you should show up. You know, it lets you know, you know, where you should speak, you know, where, you know, because I mean, that that is like the 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 most beneficial thing is it it just as us as solo entrepreneurs like we can't be everywhere you know big companies can have multiple ideal clients right and have you know full sales forces and all that for all these different you know segments and all that but for us we can't so you know for a long time you focused on couples that were in sexless marriages right that that um that we're at that point where like, kind of like, should we end this thing or should we, you know, give it a last go? And that's who we narrowed it down for a while for you focusing it on, focusing on. So share with me kind of what other like groups or other things have been calling you or that you've been feeling drawn to. Sure. Yes. And that sexless couple uh, avatar, if you will, ideal client is who I am currently working with. If you asked me to define my ideal client, it would be a couple married 20 plus years. They love each other. They're friends. There's a lot at stake in their relationship. Perhaps they have kids, maybe not, but they've become roommates instead of lovers. And the sex is a problem for one or both of them, so much so that it may end the marriage. And I still enjoy that to an extent. The problem is with this group, and I'll answer, I'll get to your question about who's calling me, but the problem with these people that I'm finding is that there's so much in the way of getting to the conversation about sex that the part of me that's a sexologist gets like kind of frustrated, like they won't even hold hands often. Or we. The, it just feels like there's, there's so there are so many barriers that people have put up at this point that um, I'd like to catch them upstream from that when it's not dire like that. So it's a couple still, I like the idea of working with couples where sexuality or their sex life is challenging or perhaps a little rocky right now, but it's not that they are completely devoid of any sexual connection or um tension, any sexual like arousal at all to each other. Maybe it's a clunky sexuality or something that's challenging. That I like that idea. That so that's one ideal uh, client okay. couple. Well I think that's an I think that's an important nuance to acknowledge that many that that when you're thinking about your ideal client, that oftentimes it is about wanting somebody who's further along, further upstream, further in the process, like you know, another great example is working, I work with a lot of people that help people change careers. So it's like, do you want to work with somebody who's still in the old job and help them to transition out? Would you prefer to, to work with somebody who's already transitioned out and just figuring out what to do next? And, and those are, those, it's a significant distinction. So I'm hearing you like now from the work that you've been doing, say the last six months or a year intently on this, this segment, it sounds like you're, you're you're narrowing you're you're folk like you're fine tuning it you're fine tuning it i think that's okay like and that's like oftentimes we like we create a story about why we can't change it <laughs> well that's what i said and i'm so flaky i can't change it again or you know whatever and i think no it's about it's about moving into what you think you want experiencing it and then getting confirmation or not right and so i love that you 
like, ah, I just, you know, there's a part of me that's not fulfilled by working with people that are so devoid of connection. So you want, so when your couples work, you're saying you'd like to work with people that are just a little bit more upstream, a little bit more upstream. Right. For sure. And I also am really enjoying kinky couples. So, I mean, I think we all have kink. And so I define kink as erotic interest. So what are our erotic interests? Technically kink you know, is a slightly different definition, but that for me, um, people who are, you know, have some fun things that they'd like to talk about that perhaps they feel confused about because these erotic interests are maybe bring out shame in them. Everybody I like talking with is dealing with some degree of, of sexual shame. So shame. that is a huge piece for me. Like, that's, that's a huge one. distinction to make. That's a really yeah. huge distinction to make. But that doesn't differentiate my people from the general population, I got to say, because so many of us in our culture have appreciable sexual shame. So it's, it's, it, yes, it does differentiate them, but that piece of sexual shame is perhaps more salient for these people. So it's, it's actually in the way of where they'd like to go. So they would like to see their way past the shame. So, and, so is it possible to, to define the shame more closely linked with feeling like you want to try things that are somewhat outside the norm and being shame, and feeling shame about that? Yes, I like that. So definitely some of my people, you know, I like working with, um, you know, people in various uh, parts of the consensual non-monogamy um, set of decisions. I like to work with people who have significant kink, like people in the cuck, bull, hot wife uh, dynamic. That's super different than working with sexless couples who are 20 years married to kids. Yeah and a lot of soccer balls and haven't had sex in six months. That's yeah, it's almost like sexual misalignment versus sexual like incompatibility or, or, or absence. Yeah. Right. It's right. It's like, it's like an acknowledgement that each, that there are, that there is a sexual energy and that there's just like, they're not meeting each other right now. Like yeah. there's, there's, that's evolving that they haven't really claimed the next evolution of their sexual relationship. Right. That is huge for me. So when I get a couple in my room where or my office, where we're talking about um, just really desire to connect, desire to really be passionate and erotically um, engaged with each other. And yet they, they can't, they don't have voice around it. And my secret sauce is bringing bringing the voice and bringing the self-awareness and the authentic communication that's what i know i do well and i also provide permission for people to have specific conversations about very specific sexual pieces like i may be guiding and talking with a couple about how she prefers to receive oral sex or how he prefers that or very specific information that they can't quite get into the conversation because it's awkward. So the piece around awkward is huge. So awkward on top of shame, but still with this desire to move forward and that both people are willing to be be in it together. That okay. there's not one person who's completely stonewalling or not. Okay. Aware. I think that's a good distinction too, because you have worked, I mean, that sort of was your, your, your thing for a while 
file was like that should I stay or should I go is how we were talking about it. So I think you're not doing, I think that's not what we're talking about now. We're talking about couples that are, that maybe even perhaps the rest of the marriage is okay. (laughs) And this is the piece that's not okay. Does that? Right. Or even just where there's like, they realize um, like we got to deal with this. This is something that We've done a lot of other stuff and we just have to, this is the piece that is missing. It's kind of like the missing link to what would actually make this, this thing an amazing relationship. Yeah. And they recognize that. Okay. So let's do the, in, the uh, inner dialogue thing. So um, in my, for those of you listening, um, in my uh, program, Cash Through Clarity is uh, helps people get all the words they need for all their marketing. And one of the things that I teach is this thing called headline questions of attraction. And you can use headline questions of attraction on websites and social media, emails, all of that to get in it. And the, in t- the idea is that when you use your ideal client's words in your marketing, like authentically, like their words, they, it's like a dog whistle. It's like the frequency that they hear. So Let's start with some inner dialogue that we think these ideal clients, these new ideal clients that are further upstream have, starting with I. I um, don't know how to make this thing better. It's just awkward. And I know that- Keep keep repeating I so that you have shorter phrases. Oh, I don't know how to make this thing better. I feel awkward with my husband and that makes me feel really lonely when I go to bed at night. I don't want to take a romantic weekend with him because that means we'd have to have sex and I don't like the sex we've been having. I find excuses not to go to bed at the same time he does because I don't want to get undressed in front of him and I think he might want to have sex and I don't know how to tell him that I don't like the sex anymore. I wish my wife would seem interested in me. I wish that my erections were better and that I could please her better. I wonder if she even wants me anymore. I wonder if he even wants me anymore. Great. Pause. Great. That's awesome. Yeah. So you... I want everyone to know that doesn't always come as easily for everybody, but Jane's been using this technique for a while with me. Um, And so the next thing we do is we turn these into questions just to kind of feel how it would land in our marketing. So one of them I started right away, which is I wish my wife would, um, I wish my wife would show interest in me. Mm -hmm. Right. And so the headline question technique, which look, it will sound very simple, but is very hard because people overthink it, is to turn it, turn it into a question, which would be, do you wish your wife would, would show interest in you? Mm-hmm. Do you wish your wife would show interest in you? And you could just feel like, oh, like, like to say that in your marketing or in your Facebook Live or wherever you're communicating, like to really, to, to speak their language, just, I could just feel how that lands, you know? Um, yeah, I feel um, I feel uh, awkward with my husband. You know, do you feel awkward with your partner? Like, oh, yeah. You know, it's just like do you avoid going on romantic weekends because you know that he'll expect sex. Yeah. Do you avoid do you avoid romantic weekends? You know, where yeah. Do you avoid romantic weekends? Period. Mm-hmm. You know. Do you feel. Uh, 
horrible on Monday morning when your coworker comes home, comes back to work beaming after a romantic weekend because you know that that's not happening in your relationship. Right, right. So that's a great question. And so what would the inner dialogue be around that coworker thing? I feel like shit when my coworker comes into the office like floating on cloud nine after an amazing weekend with his new girlfriend. Yeah, so do you feel like, shit when your coworkers talk about their amazing sexy weekends question yeah. mark anything sexy sexy weekend that's good yeah yeah like oh my god you've got to go to the coast it <laughs> was absolutely awesome and i mean it you know like yeah <laughs> you know what i'm talking about and the guy's yes. like or she's like i do know and stop talking about it because i feel horrible yeah yeah so this is great so i think you got it i think you you dialed it in um but I want to say, may I interject something yeah, before you give me that beautiful nugget? This is one, this is my same couple. They're upstream. Yeah. So this is the same couple and it's couples work and it's upstream from where I've been. Like, are you planning on getting divorced if you don't have a better sex life is a different question, right? Yes. Than what we're talking about here. The other question I have being a seven on the Enneagram and is <laughs> that I, I am get such a, I have been addressed by and like contacted by men all the time related to sexual concerns, like constantly, like daily, I get these hits from guys who are trying to figure out how to be sexual in their own lives. And I, part of me thinks that I should, and I do have clients who are men, like they show up for me very easily and they, they hire me and I have these, like these sessions that I work with them. Uh, about like how to deal with women. And I find that to be really interesting too. Some of them, actually most of them are in relationship. They haven't been able to enroll their wives and work with me. So that's another interesting thing. And that's where Lisa, this question about the podcast comes in for something specific to men's sexual issues as it relates to sex with either, uh, probably sex with women. I'm, I'm not an expert on, uh, gay male sex. So how to be in relationship with a woman if you're a dude. Yeah. And so, yeah, so we want to, right, let's get back to you want the most pleasure you can have in your business. Mm -hmm. And so we're already looking at how we're going to shift your couples to more, to, to be more upstream and make sure that, so you want to go back and look at your marketing, Jane, anything that's around the couples, um, look at your talk that we created, make sure that the you know, that to make sure that you're up, you're upstream in your conversation, that you're not talking about saving marriages and like, just do a little inventory on that. Okay. And so, so now let's look at, okay, so we're having, we want you to have the most pleasure you can in your business. And there's this, there's this um, opportunity with, with men that are coming forward. And I was talking about the breadcrumbs. Like we want to look at the breadcrumbs. Like what is like, like we don't want to have our heads down with things that are like, right in our face, you know, and a lot of times I'm like, I'm working with people and I'll say like, I just get this feeling like, like I just have a new client actually. And I said, I, I said, you know, I have this feeling there's this opportunity coming your way and you're just like, you're totally not seeing it because you just decided like, you're not ready. And I said, can you just be ready as of now? And she said, yes. And like the next day she had this huge like opportunity come forward. And so, so with you, you've said yes, you know, men are coming your way. You've, you know, you've followed the breadcrumbs and you're saying yes, but you haven't but the question is, do I put some outward energy to it, right? Is this, do I claim this as another ideal client and then 
create offers and go on different shows and right so we talked at the top like how ideal client is so logistically helpful because we're one person and so it really is it's a it's a it's a conscious decision and i i so appreciate having this conversation with you because in the past it might be something that you would just go do <laughs> even when we were first started coaching because you were you know sort of you know had so many interests and in, you know and all that and hadn't really seen the benefit of focusing on something for a little while not like you have so i love that we're like making a conscious choice around this and um and i feel like because you now have you know, you have your offer down for the couples, you have your talk and your funnel down for the offer, you know, for the couples and the conversations and all of those things that make that anchor store is what I like to call it, that offer, that main offer, right? You can't have a, a healthy, you can't have uh, all these little shops that are a healthy Macy's, right? So, so you have this awesome anchor store with these couples. So it's like, okay, okay, now that this is established, I got my wrap down here. Okay, now let's consciously add another segment. And I think it, you're feeling that, pulled towards men, you're being, you're saying yes to things that are coming toward you. So it's like, okay, how do you want to show up in a new, in a new market? And so you have this podcast idea. Yes. And you know, what's interesting. I, in my office here, my home office, I'm, I'm also doing a yoga teacher training right now. And one of the tenants of, or the three themes of this thing I'm learning, one is be a yes. The second one is give up what you must. And the third is you are ready now, which I think is really interesting because it's awesome. right here at my desk. And one of the things I'm thinking about as you're talking is, yes, it's a different market, but is there a way to provide breadcrumbs? So if that's just for you know riffing here, let's say um, the podcast is in my head. Now I may not, depends on how I, I positioned it, but in my head, it's for men in relationship with women. So it's really there to connect these men to me who would come to me possibly by themselves and, and or with their women. And then I think you and I discussed at one point that you, would, you had a, a way to think about how to land it for the women so they'd understand. Oh, I'm yeah. trying to teach them, your men, how to please you. And if he hasn't learned everything you wanted him to learn, then this is how we could work together kind of thing. So that yeah, I remember you bringing up a concern that there might be distrust from the women because you're kind of coming at it as like, you know, for the men and that if the man brings to their woman, hey, this Dr. Jane gal, I think could really help us. At the time, I think you had a concern that there might be, you know, some something that would prevent the woman from saying, oh yeah, that sounds great. Is this yes. still resonating with you or are you, are you over no, that? That is still resonating and it okay. actually has happened. So I'll have these guys who find me oftentimes through a podcast because they're, they don't live here typically. And they reach out to me. They live somewhere else. And then they work with me uh, virtually about and talk to me about their relationship. And then they try to enroll their woman in it. And the woman's like, fuck no, you know, <laughs> you've been talking to this chick about our sex life. It right. tends to not be very effective for that. I don't have that figured out. I don't know how that, okay. that hasn't worked yet. Let's just say I haven't had anyone join my couples program who's come through the, the man. man. Typically, the people who, who hire me are found because I've reached out to women. And then the woman goes to her guy, and if it's a if she's in a opposite sex relationship, she goes to him and says, "Oh, I think we need to work on our relationship. Our sex life is not what I want it to be." 
And then that happens. And so the men don't have the same baggage with you're talking to somebody about our sex life and they don't at all. At least, well, again, this is N equals not as many as, you know, could be, but like it doesn't seem to be a problem because oftentimes the guy is liking the fact that she's talking to a woman. Well, for one thing, he's not threatened about her talking to me about sex because, you know, he doesn't perceive me to be hitting on his woman. So it's a different dynamic in that way, if you get it, you know what I mean? Like in her case, she is, I'm, you know, mostly straight. So he, she's seeing me as a straight woman talking to her guy and that bothers her. Yeah. Okay. All right. So I'm thinking about this and, and other segments that I've worked in where uh, people are selling uh, things to teens, uh, yeah. but the mo- but the parents are the the buyer, right? Or right. you know, or selling things to middle management when the executive is the buyer, right? So how do you like? So we're talking about more of a sort of a parallel uh, situation, not really hierarchical, hierarchical with the with the coming in through the man and then wanting to bring the woman in so i think at the time that we talked about this before we talked about possibly you creating a video or something that the man could then share it with his woman to say like hey meet jane (laughs) you know um but i'm also wondering jane if do, do is there a possibility that there is sort of like a little sort of meet and greet like i want like the the or is the guy wanting to be secretive about their their working on this with you? You mean meet and greet with the woman virtually? Yeah, like like I'm thinking, you know, and I'm thinking, you know, in my experience with non-monogamy, you know, um, in the more casual world of non-monogamy, you're, you know, there is very much a kind of code around like not developing relationship with the man or that the woman doesn't know or the woman with the man doesn't know and making sure that there's really open communication. So I'm wondering if, how, how does this land for you that if a man comes to you and wants to work with you, that you say, great, let's make sure that you're like, let's let your wife know you're doing this awesome thing for your relationship and have some kind of like meet and greet or something that like creates an openness and eliminates the secrecy and the, you know, that sort of potential wariness on her part. I love that. I think that's great. And that idea, maybe even a, um, so that she and I, we could have, we could have that. And then she and I maybe could have a little combo to the side and she could be like, by the way, can you help him with this grooming? Cause that's a thing or, you know, yes, that's awesome. You know, that could yes. be really awesome. And then he, you know, because the goal is two people having an amazing connection. I feel so passionate about that, that that is really what's happening in when, I, when I work with people. And um, it is so much better for me if I really understand the other person, if I understand the partner, because just talking into one part of the equation, you know, the, it does, it's just, it's not, I don't have as much information as I would if I were working with both people. And right. when I give guidance, I don't, I don't understand context as well as if I, if I'd met the woman. Right. And if we impose, uh, uh, you know, over overlay onto this situation, really smart enrollment strategy, mm-hmm. you, know, you need to get both partners on board in order to, you know, that if there's, you know, if, if there's business partners or intimate partners, right. If, if both are 
going to be involved with the buying decision. So yes, the initial buying decision could come through the man, but if the if you are going to evolve that relationship with the, with the man to then bring in in the woman and work with them as a couple, you know, it's just really smart enrollment practice to make sure that she's enrolled, even if she's not participating at first, but she's enrolled in the idea of her guy getting the support. That's awesome. Yes, that makes perfect sense. And then the other thing I like about that, if I go back to this idea of a podcast, which is definitely not on my short list right this second, but just like as I think about 2020, um, if I think about like, or any materials I'm creating, let's say it's the podcast just for the sake of discussion, then the whole premise of the podcast would include like uh, that I'm talking to men, but you know, include this other piece about if you're a guy, if you're a woman listening to this podcast and your relationship with a guy and you'd really like him to learn some of these things, or you'd like to have a conversation with me too about how your guy, how your relationship would be, you know, could be improved in the bedroom, you know, hit me up and we'll have a conversation right now or whatever, you know, we'll set up yes. an enrollment conversation or whatever we want to call it, a specifically uh, named wonderful strategy session call. Yes. Yes, exactly. And I, I kind of, this isn't it, but I kind of got this funny thought that like, you know, meet the other woman, you know, like, oh, I, <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know about it because it, it's tongue in cheek and it depends on how much safety there is in their relationship mm -hmm. for you to come. But I mean, it's kind of funny. I mean, it could be sort of like on your, it could be a button on your, on your website, like meet the other woman. And this is where that she can go. Yeah. You know, to I see. love humor. I mean, to me, <laughs> Yeah, I levity, know, my right? Stuff isn't showing up funny, but I love it showing up funny. And I, I think that, um, you know, that's, you. I've told you the name of the podcast. I've changed it a little bit since we talked. So my hair girl, or maybe it was, <laughs> no, it was my um, myofascial release provider. <laughs> she, okay, the first name was Jane Likes Dick was the name of the podcast. But now I have, uh, I have in my, my being, Dr. Jane Likes Dick. She's like, you say you, that right. way you still claim your expertise right? and it's still the funny Dick and Jane thing and yes. it, it's, it's, it's lands better. So it's yeah, not, I like, like that. you know, some kind of a, you know, whatever. Yeah. yeah. So, so anyway, that is, that's what I'm currently thinking. Okay. I have an idea about how to fulfill your craving, your erotic craving for this podcast or being in this conversation. What if you spend some time getting on other podcasts that are focused on men and sexuality. Mm -hmm. And just like we create a new talk for you. Maybe it has the Jane Dick thing in, in the talk because that's really funny, right? And then they, the guys would, that are hosting this podcast would love to have that title, you know, for the show, right? And you just like you get wet your whistle and exercise your chops in this area just being on other people's shows first. That's a good idea. That's definitely fits uh, – because my the, the focus on ease is so huge for me right now. Yes, because podcast is a freaking huge undertaking, and yeah, it, it's it would be it would yeah it would uh, be a huge energy uh, focus. Yeah, that sounds fun, and okay. I, I love hey. being on people's podcasts. I'm, That's the magic words, y'all. That sounds fun. <laughs> that does sound fun. That would be super fun, and um, I could see doing my a segment called Dr. Jane Likes Dick on, you know, any number of, uh, yes. uh podcasts. Yes. I can think of three already. I want to refer you to. <laughs> okay, cool. Awesome. That sounds good. I like that. And then, um, yeah, 
because I do feel very passionately about um, helping men release sexual shame. That is part of what's going on in these relationships is there's so much sexual shame for men. Of course, women are dealing with huge amount of sexual shame as well. And I really feel strongly about that as well. But um, when we, you know, we can't ignore the fact that men show up that way too, like at, yes. at such a level. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, some of the things that you shared with me about the men that reach out to you, it just, it's, it's so, you know, um, they just don't know where to go or, you know, they just, you know, they just, you know, and they've had all their education through watching porn and, and it's, you know, it's just, um, yeah, I, I think it's a beautiful service that you'll, that, that you'll be able to contribute as a female, um, with the expertise that you have. And, you could speak their language, y'all. You should hear the mouth on this gal. <laughs> but it's true. Like, you have to, you know, you have, you do. No, I can do it. I can receive it. Yeah. And, and that's the other thing that I, you know, I was interviewed the other day, um, and I was talking a little bit about this. And I, one of the things I said is, I, I do have some fear about receiving the volume of uh, very specific like erotic material from men, if I open myself to that kind, that project, it's a thing. I mean, I don't have, I'm not open to that project right now. And I get massive numbers of people who consider me a friend and send me stuff that I'm just like, dude, I can't believe you just sent me that. I just can't get over it. Some of the stuff they send me, it's just like, I, wow. Like I, I'll send a message back. Is that you? And they're like, how'd you know? I'm like, I knew, you know, <laughs> <laughs> well, you wow, know, I, you're such an expert, like, okay. So yeah. I know that that piece yeah. of like opening myself to the volume of male sexual, like communication is a thing, but I feel like I can manage that. That's something I've been thinking through. I feel like mm -hmm. I can manage that. If I'll need to put some um, filters in place so that I don't have, um, so that it feels still comfortable, so I can still hold my own erotic pole, yeah. my own yeah. self erotically. I can stay open and not close down to that. Yeah, I, this is such a great point that I think will be great to end on. Is that like in order for you to hold the container for this new focus, you are going to need to be even more, even more uh, uh, committed to your own container, right? like even more committed to your own erotic energy and, you know, making sure you're resourced and right. Because like you're, you know, it's like me with GFR, like the things that are people that are people that are telling me the things that people are telling me, the confessions, the, you know, um, you know, and, and the, the buttons that I'm pushing and the things that are not expected. Like I, I just, I'm finding that I have to be so diligent about, about how I'm feeling in any given day in my business and, and, and my flow and my energy. And like, right, when our businesses are healing and our healing is our business, like you, you're, you're now, I feel like through your own healing journey with a lot of the, the story that you shared in the first part of this, this episode about, about you owning your power and being more confident and like more, you know, like grounded in, in your expertise, you know, um, I think that, um, like, right. We're, it's like, it's like, 
here's another reason why we want to make a conscious decision about adding another segment, not just because logistically it's challenging. It's like there's another container. There's a bigger container that you're holding. And to be able to, to, be able to receive, you know, the onslaught of communications from men that in your experience have not always been like well thought out or respectful or they're they're doing their thing that they actually need to be that's why they need you because they're doing stupid things that, that chicks don't like sorry you know like totally true they right. feel like oh you get me you get me i'm kind of like yes and <laughs> yeah right like thank you i'm not completely offended but you may not want to you know you know act this way so yeah. um yeah. So I, so yeah, I think you're, so there's another reason why I think like you're ready for this and you're going into it in a conscious way. And I think dipping your toe in by being on other people's shows will be a great way to like, uh, you know, strengthen your muscles in this area and really see what's going to, what it's going to bring out and what's going to come up. Awesome. That sounds great. So next time we talk, maybe we can talk specifically about like what the product will look like for the, you know, in this way and, yes. and how to integrate that into the rest of my suite of. Uh, yes, uh, yes, okay. yes, yes. Okay. We want to, yeah, we want to look to see how it integrates and yeah. Okay, cool. That sounds great. All right, darling. Dr. Thank Jane, you. thank you so much for being in the coaching fishbowl with me. I love you for it. And I know that's going to help a lot of people. Huge pleasure. Huge honor. So as a final thought here, what would you say to the people that are listening that are leaning in, that are intrigued and even charged up by the notion of GFR and getting real and, and see the possibility for confessions and growth in their life, but, but like that, that, that's just where they're at. They're just like, they see it, that like the, the, the door is open, like while this podcast is playing and we don't know what will happen when they shut it off. What would you say to them? I would say that you owe it to yourself to uh, really get fucking real about what's happening. So I think a lot of us in this entrepreneurial space are lying to ourselves about what's really happening. And, and that was the beginning of our relationship, Lisa, was when I said, you know, I just am going to get real here and tell you that I made, I sold $8,000 last year. And that was before I paid a fortune to all sorts of people. Like that's what I sold all year. And I did it full time. You know, that was the beginning of this process for me was being real about that. But when, if you're listening to this and you are obviously listening or you wouldn't be hearing it. <laughs> are you hearing it? If you're listening, but are you hearing it? Right. If you're hearing it, I know this is going into your ears, but when this goes into your being, into your heart, be honest with yourself about what it is that's actually happening because we get so busy i got so busy and it was really um it was i was doing myself a disservice by doing that and when i stopped that busyness which was based in a whole bunch of ego and lie about that was going to make things okay you know i kind of like felt like that would like all that doing this was going to fix it and I started actually the beingness, it changed everything. And it's so much more fun. It's so much more fun. And it's in, and, and, you know, it's just, it's just so much more fun. So this is a space where you can figure that out. Awesome. Beautiful. Thank you, Dr. Jane Gwen. And for those that decide to join the squad, you'll be in there with Dr. Jane and myself and a bunch of other awesome freaking people. And um, thank you for coming on the show and allowing us to put a spotlight on your spiritual boot camp that is your business and 
Um, and it's an honor to be uh, your, your mentor, your unmentor, and your friend. <laughs> uh, it's been a delight. Thank you. Wow, that was super fun. And again, thank you, Dr. Jane, for raising your hand to be so publicly vulnerable. And it was a great example of what it's like when you want to follow inspiration and be, you know, creative in your business, but you also want to make sure that you're not creating, you know, more complexity where you don't need it. So Dr. Jane is gifting our listeners an awesome freebie called the five steps to the perfect kiss. I have not, I cannot wait to download this thing. Part of me just wants to know, am I doing it right? (laughs) So, uh, so make sure you, you check that out, grab the URL um, or the the link from our show notes. So you can keep in touch with Dr. Jane and, um, and receive her expertise in that way. And if you are curious about working more closely with me, not just in the GFR squad, which is an awesome place to start at 20 bucks a month. So check that out at gfr.life forward slash squad. But if you're like, okay, no, I need to like, I want closer, more, you know, I'm ready, kind of had those sort of feelings bubbling up. I would love to chat with you and see if you're a fit for one of our unmentoring, no regrets pods. And uh, I think it says it all, you know. So if that resonates with you, whatever, follow your intuition. If your intuition is saying lean in and explore, I think you'll be surprised at what the level of investment is. You know, some people come to me like, oh my God, working with you, I can't afford working with you. It's $100,000, $50,000. It's nowhere near that. And, you know, it's, a, it's enough to have good, juicy skin in the game. So just let's, let's have a chat. See if you're a fit. And the best way to get started with that is to go to gfr.life forward slash, guess what, unmentor. <laughs> gfr.life forward slash unmentor. And there's a, a thing to fill out there and we'll have a conversation. So this is super exciting. So happy to share this part of myself with you. And can't wait for there to be more GFR member spotlights. Over and out for now.